Chapter One of Peggy Raymond's Vacation or Friendly Terrace Transplanted by Harriet Lummis Smith. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Chapter One The Exodus. Do you know, Peggy Raymond, that you haven't made a remark? for three-quarters of an hour unless somebody asked you a question and even then your answers didn't fit it was mid-june and as happens not unfrequently in the month acknowledging allegiance to both seasons spring had plunged headlong into summer with no preparatory gradations from breezy coolness to sultry days and oppressive nights friendly terrace wore an air of relaxation school was over till september and now that the bugbear of final examinations was disposed of no one seemed possessed of sufficient energy to attempt anything more strenuous than wielding a palm-leaf fan on amy lassell's front porch a quartet of wilted girls lounged about in attitudes expressive of indolent ease tall priscilla occupied the hammock and ruth was ensconced in a willow rocking-chair with a hassock at her feet peggy had made herself comfortable on the top step with sofa cushions tucked skilfully at the small of her back and behind her head amy herself sat cross-legged like a turk on the porch floor and fanned vigorously to supplement the efforts of the lazy breeze peggy pondering her friend's accusation with languid interest dimpled into a smile which acknowledged its correctness yes you're right amy she admitted and if you want to know the reason it's only that my thoughts were wandering the fact is girls i'm just hankering for the country then what's the matter the suggestion on the tip of amy's tongue never got any farther for peggy seemingly certain that it would prove inadequate shook her head with a vigor hardly to be expected from her general air of lassitude no amy i don't mean going to the park or taking a trolley ride out to one of the suburbs what i want is the sure enough country without any sidewalks you know and with roads that wind and old hens clucking around and cowbells tinkling off in the pastures and oceans of room and sunsets where the sun goes down behind green trees instead of people's houses ruth interrupted dreamily and birds singing like mad to wake you up in the morning yes and berries growing alongside the road where you can help yourself broke in amy with animation and apples and nuts lying around under the trees and green corn that melts in your mouth and not at all the same though the correction came from priscilla's hammock you wouldn't find many nuts dropping from the trees at this time of year before amy could reply the conversation was interrupted by the appearance of the most universally popular visitor ever gracing friendly terrace by his presence he came often without any danger of wearing out his welcome every household watched for his arrival and felt injured if he passed without stopping on amy's front porch four necks craned the better to view his advance and four pairs of eyes were expectant if there's anything for me observed peggy hopefully mother'll wave i know but mrs raymond who sat sewing on her porch opened the solitary letter the postman handed her and proceeded to acquaint herself with its contents in full view of the watchers on the other side of the street this must be mother's day amy exclaimed disapprovingly when a moment later she accepted from the letter-carrier's hand a fat blue envelope directed to mrs gibson lascelles 
but in spite of her rather resentful tone she scrambled to her feet and carried the letter through to the shaded back room where her mother lay on the couch with a glass of iced tea beside her devoting herself to the business of keeping cool some time passed before amy's return priscilla's hammock barely stirred and the rhythmic creak of ruth's rocking-chair grew gradually less frequent peggy cuddling down among the cushions let her thoughts stray again to the joys of being without sidewalks and all that was implied in such a lack the porch with the silent trio would not have seemed out of place in that enchanted country where the sleeping princess and her subjects dreamed away a hundred years all at once there was a rush a slam a series of little rapturous squeals the amy who had carried the blue envelope indoors had been mysteriously replaced by a young person so bubbling over with animation as to be unable apparently to express herself except by ecstatic gurgles and a mad capering about the porch had a crisp october breeze all at once dissipated the languors of the june day the effect on the occupants of the porch could hardly have been more immediate priscilla came out of the hammock with a bound peggy's cushions rolled to the bottom of the steps as peggy leaped to her feet and so precipitately did ruth arise that her rocking-chair went over backward and narrowly escaped breaking a front window amy lassell peggy seized her friend by the shoulders and gave her a vigorous shake stop acting this crazy way and tell us what's happened talk of fairy godmothers gasped amy coherent at last talk of dreams coming true oh girls what is it three exasperated voices screamed the question and even amy began to realize that her explanation had lacked lucidity she tried again that letter you know it's the strangest coincidence i ever heard of but haven't you noticed lots of times oh amy ruth implored do let that part wait and get to the point why this is the point that letter was from an old friend of mother's mrs leighton she has a home up in the country sweet fern cottage i think they call it or is it sweet briar sweet chocolate perhaps suggested priscilla with gentle sarcasm one will do as well as another go on it's the real country peggy for you have to take a four-mile stage ride to get to the railway station and mrs leighton wanted to know if some of us wouldn't like to use the cottage as she is going to europe this summer and right away mother said it would be so nice for us girls to have it the clamor that broke out made further explanations impossible it was amy's turn to be superior girls if you all keep talking at once how can i ever tell you the rest the cottage is all furnished mrs leighton says and we would only have to bring bedding and towels and things of that sort and she says you can buy milk and vegetables very reasonably of the farmers in the neighborhood so it wouldn't be expensive when we divided it up among us we could do the cooking ourselves interrupted peggy of course mrs leighton takes up her own servants but if we found somebody to do our washing and scrub us up occasionally we could manage the rest for half an hour the excited planning went on and then four enthusiastic girls separated to subject the enterprise to the more cautious considerations of fathers and mothers and that was the end of listlessness on friendly terrace for that hot wave at least at almost any hour of day one might see a girl running across the street or bursting into another girl's house without warning in order to set forth some new and brilliant idea which had just popped into her head or to ask advice on some perplexing point or to answer the objections somebody had raised though only four families on the terrace were personally interested in the solution of the problem the whole neighborhood took it up it was generally agreed that the girls had worked hard in school and were tired and a summer in what peggy called 
this sure enough country would be the best thing in the world for them all elaine marshall whom peggy waylaid as she came home from her work not long after the plan had been broached gave it her immediate approval pluckily trying to hide her consternation at the thought of friendly terrace without peggy but in spite of her brave fluency something in her eyes betrayed her as she knew when peggy slipped an arm about her waist and hugged her remorsefully now peggy raymond don't go to being sorry for me and spoiling your fun you mustn't fancy you're so indispensable she ended with a feeble laugh if only you had two months vacation instead of two weeks mourned peggy i'm lucky to get two weeks when i've been in your uncle's office such a little while and anyway peggy i couldn't leave home for long as things are even if my vacation lasted all summer and it really was elaine marshall speaking in that cheery matter-of-fact tone scorning the luxury of self-pity conquering the temptation to look on herself as an object of sympathy peggy regarded her with affectionate admiration quite unaware how important a factor she herself had been in bringing about a transformation almost beyond belief after twenty-four hours of reflection friendly terrace was practically a unit on the question the father saw no reason why the girls should not go, and the mothers found a variety of reasons why they should. The question of a chaperone had been a temporary stumbling-block, for none of the mothers especially concerned had felt that she could be spared from home. But before the difficulty had begun to seem serious, Amy had exclaimed, "'I believe Aunt Abigail would jump at the chance.' "'Aunt Abigail!' Priscilla repeated with a thoughtful frown. "'I don't remember ever hearing you speak of her. She's father's aunt, you know.' but i always call her aunt abigail there was a pause then she must be a good deal like a grandmother ruth hinted delicately why yes aunt abigail is seventy-five or six i don't remember which priscilla and ruth looked at peggy their manner implying that the crisis demanded the exercise of her undeniable tact peggy made a brave effort to be equal to the emergency don't you think amy dear she hazarded that it would be a little trying to the nerves of an old lady to chaperone a lot of noisy girls amy's burst of laughter was such an unexpected interruption that peggy's considerate appeal halted midway and the other girls stared and amy screwing her eyes tightly shut as was her habit when highly amused finished her laugh at her leisure before she deigned an explanation you'd know how funny that sounded if you'd ever seen aunt abigail she's along in her seventies so i suppose you would call her old but in a good many ways she's as young as we are oh yes younger as young as peggy's dorothy there was something fascinating in the idea of a chaperone characterized by such singular extremes the girls listened breathlessly mother says it's all because she's lived in such an unusual way you see her husband was an artist and they used to travel around everywhere sometimes they'd board at a hotel and sometimes they'd have rooms and do light housekeeping and then again they'd camp and live in a tent for months at a time aunt abigail hasn't any idea of getting up to breakfast at any special hour or being on hand to dinner the expression of anxious interest was fading gradually from the faces of the three listeners and cheerful anticipation was taking its place she forgets everything she promises to do amy continued it isn't because she's old either she's been that way ever since mother can remember she's always losing things and getting into the most awful scrapes we should have to look after her just as if she were a child and then she's the jolliest soul you ever knew and she's a regular arabian nights entertainment when it comes to telling stories after the vision of a nervous old lady who would demand that the house be very quiet and get into a nervous flutter if a meal were delayed fifteen minutes amy's realistic sketch was immensely appealing girls peggy exclaimed 
i move we invite aunt abigail to chaperone our crowd and the motion was carried not only unanimously but with an enthusiasm aunt abigail would certainly have found gratifying though it might have surprised her in view of her grandniece's candid statement peggy had pleaded to be allowed to take dorothy along i can't bear to think of that darling child spending july and august in a fourth-floor flat looking down on the tops of street cars and i don't think she'd bother you girls a bit bother cried amy generously we need something to fall back on for rainy days and dorothy's a picnic in herself between her and aunt abigail we'll be entertained whatever happens priscilla too had suggested an addition to the party you've heard me speak of claire fendel girls i saw a good deal of her at the conservatory and she's as sweet as she can be well we've talked of her visiting me this vacation and i don't feel quite like announcing that i'm off for the entire summer without asking her if she'd like to go too the girls had fallen in with the suggestion with the thoughtless cordiality characteristic of their years it was amy who suggested later to peggy that sometimes she thought there was such a thing as a girl's being too sweet i met claire fendel once when i went with priscilla to a recital amy remarked and oh well i'm not one of the people who like honey for breakfast every morning of the year but the only reply this delphic utterance called forth from peggy was a reproachful pinch in a week's time they were ready a special delivery letter had carried to mrs layton the grateful acceptance of her offer and the keys had come by express the following day rattling about in a tin box and with the tantalizing air of secrecy and suggestiveness which always attaches itself to a bunch of keys aunt abigail had been invited to chaperone the party and had accepted by telegraph peggy's father had made an excuse for a business trip to new york and had brought his small granddaughter home with him full of the liveliest anticipation regarding her summer and priscilla had received a twenty-page letter from claire fendel declaring that it would be perfectly heavenly to spend two months anywhere in priscilla's society and that nothing in the world could possibly prevent her from coming there had been no time during that week for lounging on porches or swinging in hammocks afternoon naps were sternly eliminated from the daily program and the day began early enough to satisfy the originator of the maxim which gives us to understand that early rising is synonymous with health wealth and wisdom trunks were packed amid prolonged discussion as to what to take and what to leave behind the mothers as is the way of mothers the world over insisted on warm flannels and wraps rubbers and raincoats to provide for all extremes of weather peggy's suggestion that the country was a fine place for wearing out old clothes had been received with enthusiasm and faded ginghams and lawns of a bygone style far outnumbered the new frocks with which the terrace girls had made ready for the season the june day appointed for the departure dawned with such radiant brightness that all along the terrace it was accepted as a good omen early and hurried breakfasts were in order in a number of homes dorothy viewing her oatmeal with an air of disfavor launched into the discussion of a subject which had occupied her thoughts for some time aunt peggy if i should see a bear up in the country do you suppose i'd be afraid i'd just say to him scat you old bear eat your oatmeal dorothy peggy's voice betrayed that her excitement was almost equal to dorothy's own there aren't any bears where we're going ain't there dorothy's tone indicated regretful surprise i guess god just forgot to make em she sighed and fell to watching her grandmother's efforts to make the oatmeal more tempting by adding another sprinkling of sugar to a dish already honey-sweet but even such a disappointment as this could not continue in the face of the thrilling nearness of departure the trunks had gone to the station the night before 
and now upon the porches of the various houses suitcases travelling bags and nondescript rolls of shawls and steamer rugs began to make their appearance conversations were carried on across the street in a fashion that might have been annoying if everybody along the terrace had not been astir to see the girls off elaine marshall already dressed for the office slipped through the opening in the hedge which separated her home from peggy's and took possession of a shawl strap and umbrella of course i'm going to the station with you she said replying to peggy's look there'll be room enough won't there if dorothy sits in my lap i guess you'd better hold aunt peggy stead of me dorothy objected promptly cause i'm going to have a birthday pretty soon and i'm getting to be a big girl and then she forgot her offended dignity for the hacks were in sight it was well that these conveyances had arrived early for the process of saying good-bye was not a rapid one there were so many kisses to be exchanged so many last cautions to be given so many promises to write often to be repeated reckless promises which if literally fulfilled would have required the services of an extra mail carrier for friendly terrace so many anxious inquiries as to the whereabouts of somebody's suitcase or box of luncheon to say nothing of amy's discovery at the last minute that she had left her railway ticket in the drawer of her writing-desk that for a time the outlook for ever getting started was gloomy indeed but at last they were safely stowed away and while the girls threw kisses in the direction of upper windows where dishevelled heads were appearing and little groups on doorsteps and porches waved handkerchiefs and good-bye sounded on one side of the street and then on the other like an echo gone distraught the foremost driver cracked his whip and they were off my gracious me a pleasantly garrulous old lady said to mrs raymond a half hour later ain't it going to be lonesome without that bunch of girls it's the first time i ever knew friendly terrace to seem deserted it will seem a little lonely i imagine mrs raymond answered cheerily and then went indoors and found a dark corner where she could wipe her eyes unseen but when dick came around to express his opinion as to the team that would win the pennant that season she was able to give him as interested attention as if two long months were not to elapse before she saw peggy again End of chapter one